0: So it's time for some additional instructions, more you know, detailed certain instructions on you know, the sitting meditation, mindfulness and walking meditation, mindfulness so, you know, during you know, general activities, plus so, you know, some you know, remarks about so, you know, the interviews and so, you know, then some you know, general you know, guidelines. And I will try to finish all of this within one hour. Now. Yesterday, briefly, the gist of the instructions on the sitting meditation were given, but a number of points remain to be explained. Mm. In terms of the sitting posture, try to keep your body as upright as possible. Since if you were to sit with a slouched back, then yeah, there are several disadvantages to this. One is sitting with a slouched posture will interfere with one's respiratory system. Will also or may also have an Negative impact on the um, digestive system as well as you know, the um, urinary you know, system. Plus, you know, when we you know, sit in a slouched you know, manner, then the posture itself tends to you know, induce sleepiness. So, you know, you know, be aware of this point and try to keep your you know, posture as upright as uh, possible. Now, in terms of you know, the position of your hands, you can place your hands in whatever way you like, um, uh, resting on the knees or uh, in, in between on the lap, as, uh, as you wish. Then and during the sitting meditation, normally we keep the eyes closed, except uh, uh, if let's say sloth and torpor is quite sudden you know, prevalent, then opening the eyes, keeping them open for a while, might help to drive the sleepiness away. In terms of you know, the primary object is the rising and falling movement of the abdomen. And you know, this involves you know, the breathing. The breathing we try to maintain or we try to just allow the breathing to unfold naturally which means we try not to interfere with our breathing if at times the breathing is a bit faster then we just accept it that way and certainly observe it as and know its nature as best as certainly possible if at other times the breathing slows down and suddenly becomes suddenly more shallow then again we just accept it the way it is and suddenly then observe it carefully and we try to know it's sudden nature so not to interfere with one's breathing not to intentionally speed it up when it's very slow and not to intentionally slow it down when it's satna quite satna fast The main focus is on the rising and falling movement of the abdomen, so not at the nostrils, and uh, also In observing the rising and falling movement of the abdomen, it is not necessary to follow the air as it goes in through the nostrils, then through the windpipe into the lungs. Just keep your attention in the abdominal area and focus your attention on the the most prominent sensation that occurs in conjunction with the rising movement and falling movement of the abdomen. Now, the Venerable you Nesadu know, Pandita Biwams of you know, Burma, when you know, giving explanations on or instructions on you know, the meditation practice, you know, very much you know, stresses you know, to pay attention to things three major aspects. One is the occurrence of the respective object, the second aspect is the labeling of it plus its observation, and then the third aspect is the knowing part. Now in terms of the occurrence, it just means to know which object occurred, and there's not much you need to do there, Uh, an object will occur of its own accord. The labeling does certainly require your input and so does the observation. So when a predominant object has occurred, has arisen, then you want to direct your attention to it, you want to label it, put a mental name on it, and then you want to observe that respective object as best as you can from start to finish. And while doing this, then knowledge tends to rise. In other words, we learn something, we find out something about the qualities of the object. We might discover a certain feature, a certain characteristic of the respective object so just those three things occurrence of the object then it's the labeling of it then you know the observation those two points go together and suddenly knowing the nature of the object knowing its qualities knowing what is suddenly happening to the object and those three categories you can apply to any prominent object that occurs in the course of the meditation practice be this in sitting meditation be this in the walking meditation or during the general activities. So when you sit in meditation objects that arises, then check carefully whether you are labeling it, whether you're observing it or not, and whether there's a knowing of its nature. Now, the ideal is that all three occur. So there's the occurrence of the object, there's the labelling of it, observation of it, plus knowing its nature. At times, we might miss to label an object, and that is fine as long as we know its nature. also you know, with regards uh, you know, to you know, the, or in regard to you know, the labeling you know, we need to mm, well find the right spacing for you know, the label you know, if we label too frequently this will interfere you know, with the actual you know, observation if but you know, we you know, label maybe not certain frequently enough, you know, then uh, the mind might get lost in you know, thinking. When we you know, label, we just choose some. Um, the most simple you know, term that comes suddenly to mind, and certainly we do not certainly you know, in with regard to labelling you know, the you know, aim is not to become experts in finding the right label, but rather you know, just you know, you know, some simple you know, simple term, and so, you know, then. Now, as mentioned already yesterday, we mm, try to observe one object at a time. And suddenly, uh, should there be two or three objects of similar predominance uh, uh, present, then we choose one of those uh, objects and focus our attention on it. So, one uh, at a time. Now. Some additional information on you know, the wandering you know, mind. The mind has a tremendous tendency to you know, get uh, lost in you know, thinking, thing, thoughts related to you know, the future, thoughts related to the past, or you know, to you know, some uh, other, uh, or to, you know, even to you know, the present. and. We try to keep the mind as much as possible in the present uh, moment. So whenever the mind wanders off into the future or into the past, we try to... Yeah, be mindful of this as quickly as possible, and suddenly then. So we label the thinking, we observe it in a non-involved manner. We try to know its nature, and then when the thinking subsides, then it's back to the observation of the rising and falling movement of the abdomen now there's many things that one can learn about or learn in the process of observing wandering mind so is it what type of wandering mind is it there's different types around could be let's say random thinking or topic-centered thinking or we could be experiencing obsessive thinking. So the same kind of thought comes up again and again and again. And uh, maybe even for an entire sitting session. So, to know this, also to know the intensity of the thinking, and then You might also want to pay attention to how one thought, if it's interesting, might lead to the arising of another thought and then yet another thought and the whole thing turns into a train of thoughts. You might also want to pay attention to how much time does it take for the mind to um, I realize that suddenly uh, thinking is suddenly going on. So are you, you know, caught up in thinking already for 10 minutes and then only you realize suddenly that you're thinking or you know, do you uh, catch it certain quite certain quickly, let's say within just a couple of seconds or uh, moments. At first, certain specific labeling of the th- of thinking might be helpful. Later on, when we've discovered that it boils down to one of the same thing, namely just thought of thinking, then it might be quite enough to just label as certain of thinking or wondering. Now, last night. Some basic points uh, related to the observation of pains and eggs uh, were uh, mentioned, but uh, what I did not mention was uh, to um, observe and uh, know a pain with as much patience and determination as uh, possible. So pain is not necessarily an unwanted object it's uh, just another object of observation it is as valid as all of the other you know, objects and so, you know, we want to you know, work with it as best as we you know, can there's m- many things that can be learned uh, in the observation of uh, you know, of a pain now, when a pain is present, try to stay with it without immediately changing your posture. Should, however, the intensity of the pain become unbearable, excruciating, then do feel free to change your posture, but do so mindfully and slowly, so being aware of all the processes uh, or the entire process of changing the posture. You might also want to pay attention to how your understanding of a pain over time changes. Mm, The pain might become more intense, less intense, might even change into a different sensation. So let's say Hardness pain might turn into uh, tightness, might turn into a burning, throbbing yeah, pain. So, just to you see you know, the entire you know, development. And then, you know, please also pay attention to your uh, relationship to the pain, the mind's attitude towards the pain. Are you you observing, are you you relating to the pain as uh, your greatest enemy? Or are you you dealing, are you 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 relating to the pain as a great friend? Since uh, it uh, might help you to to, improve uh, your concentration and uh, 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 develop uh, some um, wisdom. If you find that uh, you're you know, relating to a pain as an enemy, then you might want to uh, work on you know, this and observe it in a more uh, non-reactive manner. Now. Yesterday, the continuity of mindfulness was mentioned as an important uh, aspect in our sitting meditation, walking meditation and for the general activities. There's other mental factors that also contribute to the proper observation and uh, knowing of uh, prominent objects. Now, those other relevant uh, mental factors are, for the time being, obviously there are many more involved, and uh, are Vitaka, which uh, you know, the venerable siddhupandita translates as aiming in this context. So the proper focusing of Fatna one's attention you know, onto you know, the object, the center of fatna you know, the object. Now, uh, proper na, aiming is good to have, but not Satna enough. And na, With just the aiming, the mind Satna will not reach the object, so another mental factor is needed, namely effort. It is na, this, with effort that the mind gets propelled towards Satna the object, that it will move na, towards Satna the move and Satna reach Satna the object when both of those mental factors are present in our observation of a prominent object then the attention the mind will stay with the object and um, figuratively speaking it will be rubbing the object it will be in close contact with the object and it is in this encounter this close encounter with the object that satna knowledge arises. So, mindfulness needs certain to be um, complemented by um, additional mental factors such as aiming, vitaka, effort, viriya, and certain then uh, rubbing, uh, vichara in the Pali scriptural language. These are the main points for the sitting meditation. Now, a few additional points relating to the walking meditation. At times, retreatants have less uh, uh, respect for it, the walking meditation, less consideration for it, and think that it's not as important as satna, the sitting meditation, and consequently they do less of it. But that's uh, not necessarily a right uh, understanding. The Dhamma can be gained not only in sitting meditation, but also in you know, walking meditation. There are you know, examples certain for this, and certain even you know, during a mindful performance of you know, some general you know, activity. Especially at the beginning of a retreat, it might be a good idea to spend about an equal amount of time in uh, sitting meditation and walking meditation. So if you do one hour of sitting meditation, then to do equally one hour of walking meditation. However, as your practice will deepen, And and then you will be sitting longer at that point. You can reduce the walking meditation a bit. So, in the Mahasiddhna tradition of uh, mindfulness meditation, we alternate uh, periods of uh, mindful sitting meditation with periods of mindful walking uh, meditation. And uh, here at you know, the forest refuge, there's some beautiful uh, areas that have been especially designed you know, for you know, walking you know, meditation. Set, well, there's even two rooms that have been assigned set aside you know, for this. So make you know, good use of you know, the facilities you know, here. Now. Mindful walking meditation is not the same thing as in an absent-minded manner walking down a street. In formal walking meditation, we do not walk to. Gets to a particular place within a certain period of time, but the emphasis is more on the cultivation of mindfulness, of furthering concentration and intuitive wisdom. So the attention is directed to the walking, the process, the activity of walking itself. Now, in the walking practice we try to maintain an upright satna posture uh, kindly keep your hands either in front of the body or behind the back and try to avoid uh, to let your uh, arms dangle along this side Then. When it comes to you know, the length of foot, you know, the walking you know, path, it does not need to be very long, 5 to 10 meters is quite enough. And then mindfully, you, know, you walk up and down, up and down, back and forth. And you also want to be mindful of foot, you know, the turning, you know, the standing at the end of one you know, path and in the process of footna you know, turning. When you choose a path for your, your walking meditation, make sure you know, that you, you know, don't that your path does not crisscross with the path of another, <speaking in the language> of another fellow, a you know, fellow you know, yogi, since suddenly you know, this might certainly you know, lead to some uh, friction. The amazing thing is, you know, after a while, one develops some uh, attachment, my is suddenly being invaded. My space is being invaded. (laughs) Are you going to take that space back home? (laughs) No. Mm. As mentioned last night already, slowing down is important. Mm, I'll talk about uh, this Satna, uh, some more in uh, in a separate Satna uh, talk, and then also restraint of uh, the senses. So ideally, when we look at the walking meditation in general, be it in one of those you know, separate walking uh, alleys or when we walk down you know, the hallway, or when we walk in you know, the dining hall, we want to be, we want to keep our attention on you know, the walking, our attention on the prominent sensations in the foot. And this means that we also want to exert some control over our eyes and not just look, let our eyes roam around wildly looking at this object that object, looking out of the windows, what is happening outside and then maybe there's some bird out there and then we want we take interest in the bird and Things suddenly like this. Even when a fellow retreatant walks by, then we hardly take any notice of this person, and ideally we would suddenly see only his or her shoes and feet, and that's suddenly all. In Lumbini, we have a retreatant who after a longer retreat of several months said, sorry, I don't know person XYZ because I only know these people from their shoes. So just imagine that degree of restraint of the the senses. So you want to keep your attention as much as possible on the body. You want to keep your attention on the prominent sensations in your feet. Every time yeah, you lift uh, know, the foot, you want to be mindful of uh, know, the sensations that are involved in this. Every time you know, the you know, foot glides forward again, you want to be mindful of what's happening uh, there. And then, you know, when placing, you know, when you know, lowering the foot, when placing it on the ground, you, know, you want to, you want to be mindful of the various you know, sensations uh, you know, that are involved. And you want to know, you know those sensations So it's not just uh, you know, casually walking uh, around, quickly getting, you know, getting to the dining hall in order to fix another cup of tea, but uh, you know, rather being totally absorbed in the process of uh, walking. When you do your walking meditation like this, it can become quite uh, intensive and it will help your uh, next sitting meditation. It will help to build uh, the overall momentum of uh, your uh, practice. So walking meditation has uh, much significance or there's much significance to the walking meditation itself. No. The Venerable Mahasi side of you know, Burma has you know, proposed you know, to do three or to engage in three forms of walking meditation. The first one is when the right leg moves, one labels as right step. When the left leg moves, one labels as left step. And then one's attention goes to the most prominent sensation that occurs in the leg, wherever in the leg. Could be in the thigh, could be in the knee, could be in the calf, or could be Somewhere in the foot, it's uh, self. And then the uh, same thing goes uh, you know, f- you know, f- that's for the right step, and then same thing goes for you know, the uh, left step. Now you know, already uh, this uh, first form of walking, of uh, walking meditation labeling as right step, left step, we're trying to do you know, slower than ordinary you know, walking. now after a period of this first form of walking meditation, and one could devote maybe at first uh, one third of one's time uh, to it, then during the second uh, third of one's satna walking session one slows down uh, one's uh, speed of satna walking and satna then divides one step into two parts, namely the lifting process and And this will be followed by the process of lowering and placing the foot on the ground. So as you lift the foot, you briefly label as lifting or as lift. And then you observe, you try to observe the entire process from start to finish, and then you try to know the m- m- prominent or the, uh, the nature of the lifting process. So uh, you try to know the most prominent uh, sensation that uh, occurs, or maybe even several uh, sensations. And then when the time comes to lower and place the foot on the ground then you focus your attention on it you label this accordingly and then you observe the entire process from start to finish and again you try to know what is happening what kind of sensations are occurring what's the movement like itself. what for instance is happening when your heel is first touched Near the ground, or depending on how you put your foot on the ground, maybe the ball of foot near the foot. What uh, are the first uh, few sensations? And then, as you place gradually, place the foot on the ground. Then, what else happens in the foot? So, you want to be as precise as uh, possible. Now, obviously, this is. Possible only uh, if you slow down uh, your walking uh, a bit. So it must be you know, slower than the you know, first uh, form of uh, right step, left step walking you know, meditation. Now. Um, in terms of the second form of walking meditation, the you know, field of potential objects to be observed is no longer the entire leg, but rather um, not only the foot itself, the foot which is uh, moving, which is uh, uh, being lifted, gliding forward, or uh, being uh, placed. So, focus your attention on this and then observe carefully. For the third form of walking meditation, which we will do again in a bit slower fashion. So, for this, the field of potential objects is again limited to just the foot. So uh, any sensation that arises in the sole of the foot, inside of the foot, or on the top part of the foot, any predominant sensation, let's say from the ankle downwards to the toes. During the third form of footnote walking meditation, there's only one new, uh, new, new addition, namely this you know, the gliding you know, phase. So we divide one step into three parts: you know, lifting, gliding, and then lowering and placing. And at the beginning of the gliding process, you briefly label as gliding or as moving as you like, and you know, then carefully you observe you know, that entire process, and you try to know. You know what is happening? Typically, um, during the first few days of One's retreat, that gliding part will be most difficult to observe. It will be most difficult to you know, know sensations during this phase because it tends you know, sensations tend to be um, there's less. Less prominent sensations arising. So, in the lifting process, certain so, you know, sensations tend to be more prominent. When placing you know, the foot on the ground, again, sensations tend to be uh, more prominent. But later on, you know, the gliding portion also you know, becomes uh, or comes into our you know, into the reach of our you know, observation. When uh, the foot is gliding through the air, uh, then uh, you might suddenly want to uh, pay attention to the movement itself. So, is this a rather steady, stable, balanced uh, movement? Or uh, could it be that suddenly maybe easily uh, you're losing your balance, you're almost uh, uh, tipping it uh, over, and suddenly then... Is the movement rather steady or not? Is it fast or not? Is it a hindered movement or not? And so on and so forth. There are many things to be discovered during the walking meditation. Now. What suddenly remains is suddenly a quick demonstration of these three forms. So with upright certain posture like this, you focus you know, your eyes at a point maybe three to four meters ahead of you please do not uh, keep your uh, right eyes on you know, the feet all the time you'll end up with a stiff front neck and uh, then um, upright posture yeah, then uh, the first form would be right step and then uh, left step right step and so, uh, left uh, step, right step. So that's just the noting of it. And in each of the case, uh, you're trying to you know, observe and know the most common sensation that occurs uh, during this first form, form of walking meditation. So left step. When you come to the end of uh, the, the path and uh, you're standing there, then take this itself as you label it accordingly as uh, standing and submitting. Uh, focus your attention on um, to, uh, the most prominent sensations uh, in the feet. And then, um, sooner or later, you will be uh, turning and suddenly uh, there might be intention. And then suddenly precedes this. If it is problem, take it as an object. Label it as intending to turn, and suddenly this sudden would be followed by the actual turning process. And then again, be mindful of this label. This observing, and know its nature. So, intention to turn, then followed by the actual turning with the labeling and observation of it. So, turning, and again. Then, when we're done with this we're back to standing and observing you know, the different sensations. It's very simple. Now the second you know, form of you know, walking you know, meditation as I you know, mentioned earlier, described earlier on, consists of two phases, namely the lifting process and Satna you the lowering and And so, you know, the focus is always on the foot which is moving. So mm, it's, uh, let me start with the right foot, mm, lifting and then uh, lowering and placing. So, and now, mm, after the right foot has been placed on the ground, our attention shifts to the other foot and then you know, we observe the process. But lifting and lowering and placing. Now the attention goes to the, the right foot. Lifting and lowering and placing. And again, lifting and lowering and placing. Now, when you do the second form and third form of walking meditation it works out best not to take long no, steps but rather the no, short steps. Otherwise what might happen when you take a long step while you're placing one foot on the ground, the other one comes off the ground already and then you have two objects occurring at the same time and the man doesn't know which object comes there. It will go back and forth and suddenly it ends up it might be Take short, certain, you know, short steps, just place one foot almost you know, in front of the foot, you near know, the other. That certain helps, certain helps a lot. And, certain lifting, and, certain lowering and Again, you know, lifting and lowering and placing. Again, lifting and lowering and placing. And as mentioned earlier on, the attention goes to super- the most problem sensation in the foot it'self. Now when we do this uh, walking meditation, it's not necessary that you to walk around like a stork. That sometimes certainly happens. So you'll have meditators doing something uh, something like this. <laughs> I know. <laughs> so that is not necessary. If you're walking if you just uh, you lift the foot high enough so that it's you know, off the ground and that you can you know, put it back from, uh, onto the ground. That's that's good enough. Okay, so that's that. And suddenly again at the end of the path, again it's standing. And um, suddenly again, turning, to turn, turning, 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 And suddenly again standing. So, as for the third foot, form of foot you know, walking meditation, we do it even you know, slower. And so, there's even a maxim, the slower we go, the, you know, the faster you know, you know, we will progress in our practice. And also we divide one step into three parts, lifting, moving or blinding, and then the lowering and placing of foot near the foot. Now the attention goes to the other foot. We label this as suddenly lifting, and then we observe carefully what's going on during the lifting process. And suddenly we want to know what's happening. And suddenly now gliding. So now we give full attention to the foot suddenly gliding through the air to our balance and so on. And suddenly now comes the last part the lowering and placing. And uh, when you know, the f- heel, for instance, is touching uh, the ground, what is the very first sensation there? Are you experiencing, let's say, you know, some smoothness or some roughness, some lightness, some heaviness, some pressure? Oh, mm-hmm. And so, you know, then is it a pleasant experience, an unpleasant experience, softness or hardness, etc.? And then as you place you know, the foot you know, on the ground, what else happens in the foot? So, you know, you know, for instance, the pressure in the heel might gradually spread you know, across you know, the foot. So then be you know, mindful of this and you know, so know what is going on. Also, lifting. You know, the instructions are you know, simple, you know, yet you know, there uh, are many new things to be you know, discovered. There's many things happening in the walking meditation, many things you know, to be uh, discovered. Now, Try to extend your mindfulness to the general activities, whatever the activity that might be, as much as possible. Even the uh, act of fixing. And drinking a cup of tea can be turned into a wonderful exercise in mindfulness. There's so many details uh, there. The intention to go and have uh, another cup of fatna uh, tea, and then you know, the walking towards satna uh, at the dining hall, and then reaching for you know, a cup for the mug, and satna uh, then... F- of filling it with hot water using the lever and then the filling of the cup with the hot water adding a tea bag and then when you're done with the fixing of the tea then of the teacup then the process of drinking the tea. Bringing the mug curtain towards, set near the mouth. So being mindful of all, you know, the sensations in, you the arm moving. Then the mug first touching, your lips set near the temperature there. You obviously this can, will go along with some warmth or even heat. And then the gradual pouring of, the pouring of the tea. In into the mouth, and satna then taste, knowing it, observing it, knowing its taste, and so on and so forth. So within just satna this one single activity, you know, there's so many details that satna could be you know, observed and satna known so try to you know, extend this kind of uh, mindfulness you know, to uh, activities like walk like uh, um, uh, when you need to go and use you know, the bathroom you know, then and you walk you decide to walk across the hallway Rather than dashing from your room into uh, the uh, bathroom area, uh, try to do so uh, slowly and uh, mindfully. When opening a door, reaching for the door handle can be done mindfully and then the process of opening the door, pulling it open or pushing it open as the case may be, and then entering into the room, locking the door, etc. Now, there's different ways of opening, closing of uh, doors. We can slam them with a big uh, bang, which is a form of expression, yes, of the mind. And certainly, we can also do this certainly with utmost uh, attention and certain gentleness. And uh, then. At times you might want to do your laundry, so then give full attention to the activity of doing one certain laundry, taking it over to the laundry room, putting it into the laundry machine and pressing, pushing the necessary buttons and so on and so forth. Now, there's another uh, area uh, that certainly you might want to pay close attention to, especially those who who have their uh, rooms upstairs, uh, namely uh, the way you walk. uh, up and down the staircase, is mindfulness present there or not? Are you doing it slowly or not? Are you, you know, climbing the stairs uh, in order to quickly reach your room or is suddenly climbing you know, the stairs uh, and part of your mindfulness uh, practice? There are many uh, areas that uh, we can explore uh, in the course uh, of a retreat. So for each and every one of us to be as creative as uh, possible. Now, starting uh, Monday, we will have interviews, regular uh, interviews, Probably uh, about three interviews a week per yogi. We'll see how it goes. And uh, uh, the if you would like to write down your experiences after sitting session or walking meditation, please go ahead and do so. But I would recommend this time around, in order to preserve or protect the silence here in the hall, to do the writing down outside of the hall. Uh, In this way, other uh, yogis will not be uh, 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 disturbed. And then, when it comes to our you know, reporting you know, during the interview we will you know, we try to you know, stick to you know, three qualities you know, that uh, are commonly adhered to in you know, sciences, namely accuracy, brevity, and certain precision. So, in giving the report, we want to be accurate. We also want to be short to the point, and certainly as precise as certain possible. Mm. In giving the report, there's no need uh, to use complex, certain, technical terms. Just uh, report in simple, ordinary language what your experiences are all about. If you could uh, report or give a report on your mm, on your so-called best satna sitting meditation within the last 24 hour period or 48 hour period and satna also on your best satna walking meditation maybe if time permits a few remarks about general activities or general observations that satna would satna be uh, perfect now sometimes certain yogis ask what is certainly my best sitting your best sitting is certainly the sitting that best reflects your current certain, uh, status of your practice even if the sitting was really difficult. So, let's say if uh, you've had uh, plenty of wandering mindset occurring uh, during an entire uh, sitting, and uh, several sits have been like this, then you may want to uh, present this um, or talk about this during the interview, because this is what is actually uh, happening. Or uh, if uh, you find uh, that... um, a lot of fatness, sloth, and torpor has occurred again and again. The head has been nodding not just on, not only during one single session, but uh, several sessions like this. And then uh, you may want to uh, include uh, this in your uh, report. Now, when you come into you know, the interview you know, room, you know, please. This is part of your mindfulness practice. Try to be as mindful as you know, possible, uh, and so, uh, rather than you know, dashing into you know, the uh, you know, the interview you know, room, the you know, three basic aspects that were mentioned at uh, the outset of this uh, session namely uh, the occurrence of an object the labeling plus observation of the object and uh, the knowing uh, aspect those certain three aspects you can also use uh, during uh, the interview namely uh, by saying such and such object occurred you, labeled, you then labelled it in such-and-such such a manner, and then you, know, you might want to say you know, a few things about the observation itself and you know, what you came to know about you know, the object, about the nature of the object, the qualities of you know, the object, its features, its characteristics, anything that you know, strikes you. And so you then apply those same three aspects of occurrence labeling plus the observation and the knowing to any other predominant object that you want to talk about. So that gives will give your report a certain structure. There's no need to evaluate your practice. So you come in and then you say, oh, my practice has been really lousy these last few days. This is an evaluation. Of it may seem that way, yeah, but uh, uh, it could very well be yeah, that what what looks like yeah, lousy uh, practice is certainly uh, in the end even a uh, new uh, development. Now, when you know, this, uh, here, at the forest, uh, refuge, especially retreatants who've been uh, here uh, already for uh, some time, several uh, months, and uh, who've uh, had uh, other, who've practiced with other meditation teachers certainly uh, before, so you might certainly find, okay, there's a slight difference in approach. Let's say during the interviews. Just try to be as accepting of the situation as possible and as flexible also as possible. There's different things we can learn from different teachers. There's probably not one only way uh, to uh, do you know, things. Now, please mm, do know uh, that suddenly the interviews are uh, the regular interviews are meant to support your practice. I'm here to support you in your uh, practice, and so, you know, there. Um, uh, the interviews are an occasion or an opportunity uh, to uh, give you, provide you uh, with encouragement or uh, some explanations on what is going on in you know, the practice, some form of feedback if necessary, also some uh, corrective measures. And certainly, so there's no need certainly uh, to uh, get uh, nervous about certainly uh, these certainly uh, interviews. You just uh, um, uh, no, 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 describe in a, no, a realistic manner what happened in your practice, and that's certainly uh, good enough. Usually, these regular you know, interviews uh, you know, will have or have a galvanizing effect on one's sudden you know, practice. You know, the fact that uh, one knows, okay, you know, the next interview is coming up, but you know, to, or day after tomorrow, you know, might suddenly you know, then um, you know, lead you to observe more carefully what is happening in the sitting meditation, in the walking meditation, and um, you know, during the general activities. Now, maybe this much for you know, the interview process, and you know, then and a few difficulties tend to arise at the beginning of a retreat, and I will just briefly mention those. Common difficulties are sloth and torpor, you know, the wandering you know, mind, pains and aches you know, in various parts of the body, a certain discouragement might be there you know, for a little while, and sub- maybe you know, certain you know, difficulties to, you know, at first to adjust you know, to you know, the schedule. Mm-hmm. Discouragement could be you know, with regard to one's ability to do the practice uh, or uh, not uh, do uh, the practice and sudden discouragement also uh, based on you know, the sloth and torpor, the wandering mind, the pains and uh, aches. Please do know these are um, initial difficulties they will not last you know, forever in a, you know, in a few days certainly you'll be uh, way beyond you know, the you know the gross you know, you know, difficulties and you'll be uh, smoothly sailing along now a few further you know, points that more or less have to do with uh, keeping the right balance in our practice. We want to make sure that we drink enough liquid in the course of the day, in terms of food, At times it happens that some retreatants eat very little or less and less and less and might even decide to fast. Please, this is not appropriate in the course of a Vipassana meditation retreat. In order to do this practice, you will need to have a certain physical strength. And this requires that you take care of the body, that you provide it with a moderate amount of nutritious food. Keep an eye on constipation. Constipation, being constipated for three or more days, is not certainly very helpful for the practice. You might suddenly end up getting a bit irritated. Um, might also this might also lead to certain uh, drowsiness, and so uh, do take care of uh, the constipation. Uh, hopefully, you uh, will have brought along uh, maybe some uh, medication for this, or else uh, there are uh, certain exercises uh, that certainly can be do can be done to uh, induce uh, bowel uh, movements. Uh, the center uh, here is providing the prunes certain uh, for breakfast which uh, and certainly uh, the brand uh, which both certainly uh, help uh, for regular uh, ball uh, movements. In the course of an intensive retreat, our need for sleep might vary. At times, we might need less sleep. At other times, we might need a little bit more. And so just know this is natural, and try not to deprive yourself willfully deprive yourself of uh, sleep, so forcing yourself you know, to you know, practice uh, through the whole night. This uh, may not necessarily be uh, a good idea. If the practice is you know, in the right place, you know, then it might happen naturally. But you know, sometimes retreatants you know, want to f- are so eager or too eager you know, that suddenly you know, they uh, uh, go overboard. It is not necessary th- to push through excruciating levels of pain. You know, should a pain become uh, excruciating, please feel free to change your you know, sitting posture you know, slowly and t- mindfully. And then Various certain assumptions are there uh, regarding uh, to what meditation is all about. One uh, such a wrongful assumption is that thinking should not arise, thoughts should not be arising in the mind. And this is definitely not the case uh, for Vipassana meditation thinking, the thinking itself becomes an object of observation. And so the arising of a thought is not necessarily uh, a mistake. It's just another object of mindfulness. And we then want to label it, observe it, and know its uh, nature. Should you be relatively new to the meditation practice, then please... You you might not be used to sitting for the entire hour. Then you just practice according to your ability. If let's say 45 minutes seems okay, the body can handle this. And then just go for the 45 minute period, and you will see after a couple of days, the body, the muscles gradually get suddenly used to this much sitting sitting and walking, and they'll loosen up and quite naturally it becomes easier to sit longer. You may have noticed on the schedule that in the morning hours there's a long block um, reserved for sitting and walking practice, and you decide yourself how much time you want to spend here in the hall or uh, in, uh, in your rooms. No. Some retreatants, at times, unnecessarily put excessive pressure on themselves by entertaining high expectations in terms of attaining the dhamma, or by competing with fellow yogis. And this is clearly counterproductive. Rather than doing this, please take an expecting an expectation or thought of certain competition as an object of observation label it observe it know its nature and sooner or later it will pass away sometimes suddenly retreat and strive to exercise complete or total control over the mind uh, over uh, unwanted states of uh, mind and this is certainly uh, not certainly uh, realistic and whatever comes up just certainly uh, be mindful of it should however um, extreme states of fear of worry of anxiety of uh, self-judgment self-loathing uh, elation and certain hyperactivity, etc., and, and depression arise. Then, please mm, come and certainly uh, inform uh, your meditation teacher uh, without certain uh, delay. So, as as a whole. We want to observe uh, the prominent uh, f- prominent objects that are occurring in our sitting practice, walking practice, and uh, the general activities with a calm and uh, detached attitude of the uh, mind, with a mind uh, that is uh, alert and uh, yet uh, relaxed, so not getting all uh, tensed up and we also, as much as possible, want to take a balanced approach towards our practice and being non-reactive towards objects, be they desirable or undesirable. Now, this then brings us to the end of our morning session and uh, let me conclude uh, by uh, wishing uh, may uh, you uh, may these certain uh, um, additional instructions plus the uh, gist of the instructions given uh, last uh, night may uh, you be able to uh, apply those uh, to your own meditation practice uh, thoroughly, and uh, may uh, you uh, then. Uh, practice in well in a manner so you know that much intuitive wisdom can unfold and make this retreat and be a fruitful one and this is it for now